Well, look at that. I've got some extra time. You know, I'm pretty curious about our hero's past. What made them who they are? Who they knew? Or even how they ended up on Panquake? Today, we'll take a look into Elgar's past. A Vesk researcher in a difficult war who dares to dream. Elgar wakes up in his room as his good friend and protector, Officer Garrow, gets him up. Garrow knocks over a small engineering marvel that Elgar had been working on the night before and says, Oh, sorry. Uh, Elgar, it's time to go training. Get up. Oh, oh, and he, ki he kicks you awake. Oh, Officer Garrow. Why? What time is it? What? It's before the sun gets up. Well, obviously. Did, did you just break my my gizmo that I created? There's many things that I break, and I break them every time. <sighs> well, honestly, I'm sorry about that. But I'm sure you can make another one. Listen, I'm here to protect you. Nothing else. Uh, so be it. What? Remind me again. Where? What? What's going on today? It's been a long night. This whole week's been the same. It's training, then you go to the Grand Observatory, you do your research, you get done, you go home, we do it again. Except today's different, because the head researcher, Anolis, really needs to talk to you. Anolis, you say? Well, yeah, so... Yeah. What? 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 No, that's... I just... I, I don't often get a chance to talk to Anolis. This is quite unexpected. I... I uh, pass me those papers over there. I, I gotta get a couple things together. He gets your scholarly backpack together and he helps put all the ink bottles and things in because even though the Grand Observatory is a, a technological marvel, everyone likes keeping all of the records on paper and loose leaf instead of digital. It helps with privacy, they say. Well, Garrow says, <laughs> it helps with privacy, you know. Yes, my, my patience runs thin with this analog mode of transcript, but so be it. Thank you. And Officer Garrow goes, okay, hut two, hut two, we gotta go. Training yard's getting bright, and that's, well, we're already running late. Oh, can't we just go by the cafeteria real quick? Just a quick detail. You know the rules? We can't do that. It's fighting, training first, then... Oh, okay, no, I'm hungry, too. Yeah, let's stop by there. Oh, thank goodness. Just just a quick quick stop. Yeah. Uh, Officer Garrow gets, like, a steak and an apple for his breakfast. <laughs> In that order. What does Elgar get? <laughs> I get a big old bowl of, like, porridge made from ground-up crickets with raisins on top. And I slurp it down. <laughs> <laughs> That's super gross. <laughs> Officer Garrow's steak is raw. Hmm, that hits the spot. Uh, Garrow, thank you. And I forgot to forgot to say that Officer Garrow is also a Vesk. Vesk Prime pretty much has just solely Vesks um, mm. as their main inhabitants. Even though there are others, it's kind of like they're so very much like a warrior race that it really deters uh, a lot of other species. So very few are actually on this this mm, planet. Okay. Okay. What species of lizard does Officer Garrow most closely resemble? The little, the little green one. Um, he's a vibrant green compared to you, uh, and he's got little yellow diamonds going from his both of his eyes, the corners, all the way down the sides to his tail. He is a quite fetching vesk. 
All right, so you go down to the training yard after your interesting breakfast. Oh, that was good, Garo. Thank you. I'm probably going to eat more of these later, but it's training time. I I gotta I gotta work this off. <laughs> so you both go down to the training yard, and there's this ancient statue of a Vesk holding a mace, and it's pointing directly at you. You're in this like rocky quarry area. Um, and this is within the confines of the, the, the grand observatory because mm. all the Vesk like to practice and keep training for actual war. This is just a normal day for them. Gotcha. Most Vesk. Officer yeah. Garrow really kind of pushes like you got up before the crack, before the crack of dawn. So like the pre crack of dawn, one might say. Mm. <laughs> Can I do. Just a perception check to just like see if I notice anything as the as has dawn broken yet or is it still dark? Uh, you can roll a perception check. Seems like I'm here at uh, an odd time of the day or not an odd, but like an unfamiliar time of day. I just want to notice, see if there's anything I notice that's different than normal. Okay. Uh, there's nothing out of the ordinary. You do come down here quite often every morning with Officer mm. Garrow like kicking your butt to go do so. Today's was today was a little bit interesting because you had like you both went to go get breakfast. Uh, but one interesting thing is you see that the statue, its index finger is broken and its pose is pointing almost accusatorily at whoever's in front of it. Its index finger is gone. Garrow has not noticed this. Hmm. Garrow. Yeah. Has that statue always been broken? I don't recall that finger ever ever being broken before. I really hope not. This is the training statue. How, how tall would you say that statue is even? How would you get up there? About 50 hands tall. Goodness. It's really big. Goodness. What do you think happened there? Uh, before you finish that sentence, oh. the statue's hand begins to glow. And Garo says, Oh, okay, it looks like... Uh, just get your weapon ready. Uh... And you know that this statue produces holograms. However, with this malfunction, there's no telling what the holograms are going to do. Garrow holds up his uh, his rifle, and you, your options for weaponry are a two-handed doshko, which is like a polearm, except it has mm -hmm. three kind of jutting out lasers at the very end of it. So gotcha. it most resembles... A battle axe, except one side is freaking lasers. Okay. And you're, you have a sidearm of a pistol. And then you have your natural Vesk weapons. Gotcha. So Garo naturally takes a few steps back. What do you do in preparation? I, I draw my dosh, doshko and, and just sort of like kind of like take a defensive pose. like. And then all of a sudden a soldier hologram appears behind you. And in front of you. Oh. Because you readied yourself. Yeah, you can um, take the first attack. Ooh, okay. Let's see. Gonna attack the one right in front of me, I think. And just take a swing at him with my, my Dashko. Oh, so it's a full attack, yeah? Oh, you hit for 14 with 21 damage. And then the second attack hits for 15 for 17 damage. And the hologram completely erupts into pixels. <laughs> Garrow turns to the other one and just goes full auto with his assault rifle. Although he doesn't quite kill the second one. Hmm. It looks like it's got just a few just a few hit points left. 
Gotcha. But now it's the attacker's turn, and he gets 17. Does that hit your AC? EAC is 19. Okay, then it ricochets off. You're pretty well armed. Like It's almost like you're wearing armor that's really, really good. The armor you're wearing is specific to the Vesk Scholars. They're actually... Mm. It's light armor, but it protects, like, power armor almost. Gotcha. Okay. So it is some heavy, heavy stuff because in the Grand Observatory, those with intellect are protected. As Darrow being here proves. Okay. All right. Now you can... It's your your turn next. Yeah. I'd just like to kind of pivot and kind of unleash another Dashko attack on him. You're going to have to run up to him, though, so you can do just the movement and then standard. Okay, just ruled for part one, and then I'll run up. So you got a natural 20. So that's what that means. So (laughs) you see that 31? Actually, if you can, read that out for me. Oh, yeah, so 20 plus 5 plus 6. Goodness. You did 15 and 17 damage, so 32. And then the fun part is... Your Doshko has severe wound. Yeah, I saw that. What is that? You roll twice. So roll another uh, D20. Oh, gotcha. The score you got was 16 and 8, which means you severed its arm and you made it bleed holographic blood. (laughs) I made that hologram feel it real good. And Garrow just goes, whoa, have you been practicing without me? Hmm. Might just be the, the, the cricket porridge I had this morning. It's got me in a good place, Garrow. What's going on here, though? Why I, why I think that I was here? the raisins. <laughs> You're probably right. Maybe there's a little something extra in those raisins. I don't know. I, I need to call maintenance for this training thing, because that, that's really dangerous. They're not supposed to come out like that, and they're not supposed to hit that hard. Granted, yeah. they were no match for us. Well, let's just hope... What? Why am I here this early, though? Like, what? Are we meeting somebody? Is is my trainer here? Where? Where is everybody? This is our exercise. We're in the middle of a war with the swarm. If we're not on our toes, they could attack at any time. Did gotcha. you, like, bump your head? Like, okay, this war's been going on for well over five months. Like, yes, I, I've just been working all night and jotting down ideas. It's just... I'm in a bit of a distracted state. I know all that stuff's going on right now, but... Yeah, no one wants a giant, massive amount of billions of insectoid creatures attacking us. Like, no one wants that. Yeah, no. Like, they're not even delicious. They're the bad kind of insect. Like, everything's terrible. Yeah, the ones that are just all exoskeleton, no good insides. (sighs) No, it's... You gotta watch out for the ones that that are squishy on the outside and hard on the inside. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Anyways, let's say we do 500 push-ups and go up to see the researcher, Analyst. That sounds good. Let's let's hop to it. This the statue's kind of creeping me out though. Do you do you see its finger anywhere? Like, is it on the ground? Can we like collect that? Make sure somebody fixes it. You can roll a perception check. Yeah, scan scan around looking for its finger. Ah, but you do not have your monocle. Yeah, this is Elgar without his monocle. This is Elgar. With naked eyes, two naked eyes. A 14 will not get you any more information about this uh, statue, tra- training statue. Let's do these push-ups and get out of here, Garrow. <laughs> All right, you do your push-ups. Feeling a little, little out of it. <laughs> you do your push-ups and Garrow throws up an apple. Oh, 
Garo, you all right? No, let's let's go see analysts. You make your way up there. As you walk up to the the Grand Observatory and the offices where the head researcher analyst is, the sun rises on the beautiful Vesk Prime. You go in to the just up the front offices. Do you go looking for anyone, or do you go straight to the head researcher analyst? Garrow's just kind of minding his own time and kind of burping after the the morning push-ups and the morning travel. Are in the front offices? Are is there like anybody like like a greeter or somebody at the entryway or like a desk clerk? It's it's weirdly devoid of of people. And when you, you look around, you actually are hearing a ton of other people also at the training. So because you and Garo got up so early, you got the the best pick of the the best training yard, even though it was broken, which Garo did call it in. So you spend the morning hearing all these scholarly people training how to survive a war, to fight. Then you hear a little bell, and then you see the head researcher, Endless, walk in from the front door. And the researcher says, Yes, we have a meeting. Follow me. Elgar kind of dusts himself off, like straightens his, his outfit out a little bit. A little, little bit nervous to, to be meeting with Analyst so, so early in the day. Come, come. There's no time to waste. And Garo doesn't even say anything. He just, like, starts pushing you. Mm, yes. Good, good morning, analyst. Doc, doctor, professor, uh, what do I call you? Head researcher, analyst. Head researcher, yes, yes. Sorry, sorry. And she kind of tells you to go over uh, and take a seat. Garrow just stands in the corner, kind of at attention. Do you take a seat? Yes, I take a seat and kind of look over at Garrow and give him like the like, Hands up in the air, shrug, like, what's going on? Garrow does not look at you. <laughs> God, Garrow. Do you know why I've brought you here, Elgar? No, no, head researcher. Well, I mean, maybe, but is it because of my research? I, I, I'm really unsure. We'll get to that. But before I discuss the reason why we are both here, I want you to tell me, what do you do with your free time? Well... After your researching hours... Well, I, I've... A bit of a, a project I'm working on. Schematics for a, for a ship. It's a, a type of spacecraft. It's really just ideas right now and thoughts, sketches. Most of my time is occupied with thinking about it. And all the noise is related to this? This ship you want to build one day? With schematics? If I had my way, I would love to build this ship one day. But that that's a dream. A dream. Would you like to hear my dream? It is my dream that all of my researchers turn in all their research when they are instructed to, and to the best of their abilities. Elgar, you have really been slipping of late. And the numbers show. And she shows you a pie chart, and it shows productivity, and then it shows Elgar. And Elgar is the biggest portion, and productivity is the smallest portion. This, this just cannot be. You must increase your research, Elgar, or else the swarm will win, and we will die. And it will be all your fault, Elgar. Do you follow? Yes, yes, head researcher. 
Are you aware that the swarm will fill your head with acid, or worse, fill your feet with acid, and then you will slowly die, watching all of your body melt before you finally have the sweet release of death? You can't even eat the swarm. They're insectoid and terrible. Those that have tried it have not survived it. Yes, head researcher, but... What is your metric of productivity? Because I really feel like I am doing my best to contribute to the the VESC efforts here, but you just don't think so. The metric I have is greater than what you are giving, because you spend all this extra time working on your dreams. We can't have that, Elgar. You must give up on your dreams, or give up on helping out in this Grand Observatory's research. But what if my dream is, is productive? What if it helps the Vesk? What if it changes the course of history? Is it productive now? Elgar, we are not winning this war. It is not stated in the news. It is not stated anywhere. I'm telling you this because I have my hands in the higher places, the pots and the pans and all this other things. I don't know why. Probably I'm hungry. I haven't eaten in two days. But we're losing this war because the swarm is tenacious. The swarm does not sleep. The swarm does not dream. So I need your help. Either you increase your productivity somehow Take drugs, drink coffee, heck, clone yourself. However you need to do it. The Vescarium needs you, but only if you can do the work. And that is all I will say. Officer Garrow, please escort Elgar out of my office. But, uh, and you can see she's quite shaken with her outburst of information she probably should not have given you. Elgar says, head researcher may apologize for my impatience. I just, I struggle with the bigger picture. I struggle with understanding what it is I'm researching, with understanding why it is I'm researching it. Yes, I know the war is being battled, but what, what is it that we are battling for? All she says to you is survival. And the research you have been doing is biomechanical. And it's been how to counteract all the weaponry of the swarm itself, because they themselves are biomechanical in nature. Their weaponry, their ships, are all organic. Interesting. And Garrow simply puts his hand on her shoulder and gives you a look that seems to say, we best go. Very well. Let us leave, Garrow. And before you exit the door, head researcher analyst says, Elgar... As punishment for your lack of research, you must go to the docks and physically pick up the new delivery of supplies for this this observatory. You have until day's end to complete this task. And tomorrow, I sincerely hope your dream is not as important as our survival. Elgar bows reluctantly and says, very well. Good day. Garrow shuts the door and both of you exit the building. Oh, that was, oh God, that was awkward. What just happened? Well, it looks like you got a little carried away with your projects, of which I'm sorry I destroyed, and you got in trouble, and now you have to go to the docks and pick some stuff up. Hmm. I meet my deadlines, right? Like, you saw me turn in that research the other day. Maybe it's the quality, because, I don't know, 
there's so many moving cogs. It seems like you're turning in, what, 5% of a whole that other brainiacs are putting together. And so you make one puzzle piece and, and five other people make 10 more other puzzle pieces. And then they all smash them together and voila, there's the answer to fight the swarm. Garrow, your analogy confuses me, but thank you. Oh, uh, oh, trust me, I'm equally confused. I just really want to punch something. All this textbooks and things, I <sighs> I could not have less to do with it, but I need to protect you, so trust me, if my nose started to bleed just from the sheer firepower going off in my head. Sorry, I got lost in another analogy. I need to go hit something. Garrow, let's, let's hit something as we walk to the docks. Here's a handkerchief as well for that bloody nose. He literally stuffs the entire the entire thing up his nose, and then he snorts it, and then he swallows. It's like, thanks, I need to clear that anyway. Yeah, you can keep that, Garrow. I appreciate you, bud. Yeah, you're a good pal. And then he starts punching the walls, any wall that he walks next to, on the way to the docks. Elgar occasionally punches the wall, but he's kind of like marching with his head down in frustration and concentration. But every once in a while, he'll just like... Just sideswipe a wall and just punch a hole in it. <laughs> All right, so you make your way over to the docks. Uh, it's pretty empty. A lot of the local Vesk were conscripted or they wanted to go fight. They all went to go fight where the big fights are. And so protection is okay, but in some parts of even the capital city, it's pretty light. So there's all sorts of parked ships. People leaving their their ships to go about their business, diplomats and all that. So there's like a real hodgepodge of different ships that you're seeing. And some of them have crazy weaponry. Some of them look like they're just really fast. Um, But you don't see anything terribly huge except for the transport ship that has all of the containers for Hmm. the observatory. Gotcha. And that's the one to the south of the map? Yeah, there's south. And there's a vest guard and he sees you. He's like... Hey, what are you guys here for? Ah, uh, hail, hail Vesgard. Hail, other Vesk. We're, we're here to pick up some stuff for the Grand Observatory where we look at the stars. But the Grand Observatory has a, a shipment that just came in. Oh, you're a scholar. All right. Ignore, ignore my scholarly ramblings. <laughs> See that ship to the south just... Whatever says scholars or grand observatory, just take it. It's just me here. So I, I mean, one or two ships just landed and I have to check them in. So just go do it. And he walks um, with you to the south, but then he kind of veers off to his right as there's a big ship that had just landed, kind of like a a black ship that almost looks like it's kind of slapped together, but in a really cool way, and it has lots of weaponry. So he goes to go check that in. Gotcha. I say, Gary, I wonder who built that ship. <laughs> looks kind of cool. I don't know. Maybe someone who really wanted to stand out while at the same time trying to hide that they are not as cool as I am. Honestly, it looks like a child made that. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. It made its its way to the docks. Let's go pick up this stuff and get out of here. All right. So you're gonna need to use um. You're gonna have to get uh, the forklift to to work. So give me an engineering check just to see if you can start it. Eleven. You cannot start this <laughs> uh forklift. And Garrow oh. just looks at you like, oh. All right. We're just gonna have to lift. Uh, we're gonna have to lift it by ourselves. Wait, Garrow. 
Is it just this one box, Garrow? Do you see any others named Scholar? Nope, it's not this one. It is... You see that one that's buried? Oh. That's why the forklift would have would have been nice. So now you guys spend the next 15 minutes trying to lift it, and it works, but it takes you that much time. Gotcha. Okay. So you're pretty exhausted. Oh, man. You're actually so exhausted, like, it almost fell on you. So go ahead and take 10 stamina damage. Oh, dang. I say to Garo, is there, like, a... Can we, like, rent a, a space U-Haul or something? You know those little, like, hover platforms that you can load up with? Yeah, we can, but that's not your punishment. The punishment was to physically move it from here to there. So now we have it. You're going to have to carry it all the way there. Garo, are you going to report me? Who's going to report me? Uh, Don't be like that, Garo. No, it's... Come on, man. And then he points, and you see three cameras looking at you. This is Vesk Prime. We are all being watched all the time. Oh, fine. Thankfully, audio isn't there, so, you know. Yeah, or else they... Generic, really mean comment. Uh, This is why I (laughs) shoot things. And with that, he shoots the ground three times. There, that's my insult. Between you and me, Garo, I know what that means. Good. And I feel the same way. <laughs> uh, in the background, suddenly you hear... <coughs> and the Vest Guard comes running back, and all he says is, The Swarm! And he runs behind um, the big crate you just moved and takes cover. Garo instantly does the same. What do you do? Elgar... Elgar, one last ditch effort, does an engineering check on the forklift to try and start it. (laughs) 26, you get it. (laughs) Awesome. It is starting. And just as you start it, five enemies, the swarm, Korovox soldiers from the swarm, uh, around the corner. They are blue, they are chitinous, and they have claws as well as acid shooter literally grown into their wrist they are bipedal and they are angry how tall are they they're about six feet tall so they're pretty imposing yes but the forklift has just started excellent and you're allowed to go because they announced their presence and everyone got ready so you kind of get a surprise round on them elgar elgar would like to just Make basically make a, a straight line at the two in the middle and just ram that forklift. Are you driving the forklift now? I'm gonna drive the forklift into the middle too. Oh my gosh. Or at least in a straight line at full speed. Go ahead and make a piloting check. Okay. Ooh. Twenty-four. Yes, you get it. Okay, and they <laughs> let me see about their reflexes. No, no, okay. Neither of them will get it. So you're actually performing a collision, but Whoa. you're gonna do more damage. Because you're driving a forklift and they're both like in line with the fork. (laughs) So you succeeded your piloting check and they failed their reflex, which means you will hit them. Go ahead and roll. Nice. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Roll (laughs) eight D6 because you technically have a weapon on there and it's your collision plus that. So roll eight D6. Here we go. You have skewered both of them. (laughs) Acid flies all over and starts burning the forklift forklift itself, but they are dead. 
right away. Nice. After 32 damage. Elgar yells back, Cover me, Garo! However, one of them is right next to you, and because you went in and out of its uh, zone, it gets a free attack on you. Hmm, okay. So forklifts don't have much armor. It rolled an 18, <laughs> and that definitely hits it. These guys hit not so nice. All right, your forklift isn't completely broken. Well, it, it is broken. You pretty much can only move 10 feet with it now, maximum. And the acid <laughs> from the other two, which was awesome, is bleeding everywhere. So gotcha. it's, that's the situation you're in. All right, the vest guard unloads a full clip uh, and hits all. Ooh, he also hits you. Ooh. All right, uh, so he hits all four of you left, which is the three Korovoxes and you. Four, yikes. Because he went full auto, and gotcha. clearly he didn't care. Sure sprayed the area. Okay, take uh, 13 damage. Oh, what the ow? Uh, the upside is all the other Korovoxes now have much less health. Take it, take it. Garrow then lines up a shot, and let's see what he gets. Ooh, oops. I'm hitting all the things. Ooh, he gets a nat 20. Nice. Good job, Gero. The Korovox to your left erupts and, like, his head explodes. However, there's some splash. Take uh, five damage acid. Mm. And Gero says, sorry. Oh, man, Gero. I, I guess you can't help it. I You're guess- in the middle no. of all of them. What am I going to do? I know, I know. Still, he did was pretty badass. It was worth it. I, I got to get off this forklift. <laughs> <laughs> you, you really do. Now it is the Korovox's turn. Both of the surviving Korovox's turn to you and shoot their acid cannons at you. Each one is shooting twice. Oh, gross. Yeah. You, you done did the thing they didn't like. Which is shish kebab, they're friends. Okay, the first one hits your EAC at 22. 10 damage to you. Oof, okay, 22. That was its first attack. Its second attack, ooh, 14 at your EAC, that misses. Then the second Korovox shoots you with its first attack. It misses. Uh, its second attack. <gasps> Alright, it gets 27. Yeah, that definitely hits. And it gets nine damage. Right. Thirteen. Ooh. Now you're... Dang. You've got... <laughs> yeah, you are... Ouch. However, now it is your turn. Okay. Elgar. Elgar kind of wants to get the heck off this forklift. I'd want to pivot it, like, to be angled at, at them or, like, in between them. And I want to smash the controls to go forward, but I would like to jump off of it and kind of roll away from there so the forklift still has the bodies however the fork itself is being eaten away because of the acid also the forklift itself got a big swipe through the engine and a tire and it can only move 10 feet maximum gotcha. it is super messed up okay well in that case is it like is it open out front like can i shoot from it if you want to shoot yeah i think i want to Draw my weapon. Yeah, you can pull out your pistol and take a shot at him. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to draw my weapon, take a shot at him. The one on my right, kind of closer one. Okay. Oh. There's your pistol, 24. For nine damage. Yep, that hurts him. Um, Because you're not moving, 
uh think you can take another shot at him i will do that at minus four. Oh, and you got him for six damage Ooh, that was pretty good all right he's still going right. the vest guard switches off full auto <laughs> but then pulls out like his big maul and just runs straight at the Korovox and bashes his head in without a thing. He misses and he hits the ground and then he looks sheepish <laughs> and that's his turn. <laughs> Garo jumps on top of the, what do you call this, the crate and then leaps over to the other one, turns around at the end of his movement and shoots the Korovox behind the one that the guard missed. Let's see if he hits him. Oh, mm. no, he misses. Oh, all right, it's their turn. The <laughs> farthest Korvox attacks you, Elgar. First attack is yeah. a nat 20. I am sorry. God. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So you now are taking every turn. Oh, gosh. Six corrode damage. This was 15 damage to you. Oh. Uh, do I have to click anything for corrode damage? Or no, that's just, just something like... we have to remember. Every turn, it's um, six more damage at the beginning of your turn. I'm down to 39 hit points. All my stamina's gone. Now it's second attack. Oh, okay, it, it misses. It got 17. Oof, okay. Oof. The second Korvox claws at the, the guard, the Vesk guard, with the natural one, misses the first one, and then, oh, he gets him on the second one. Uh, that Vest Guard is not looking good, so now it is your turn once again, Elgar. Okay. <laughs> Elgar feels conflicted. The one to your right is almost dead, and the one straight ahead of you is pretty healthy. Kind of feel like just standing my ground right now and unloading a full attack on the one behind. Do it. The one to my right. I'm going to laser pistol it. Full attack. Yes. This is sort of like... Fight or flight mode right now, and I'm feeling pretty threatened. Oh, both hit. Go ahead and read them out to me. All right. Got to deal nine damage. Wait, do I read the fire? Yeah, yeah. Your first attack uh, attacked for 17 and did nine damage. Attack for 17, did nine damage, and then attack for 19, did six. Nice. You kill the Korovox in front of the guard, and the Korovox erupts into flame, However, a lot of his blood spills onto the Vest Guard. The Vest Guard doesn't Ooh. die, but he staggers back and he pulls out some anti-burning-alive-from-fire-and-acid tubes. It starts pouring whatever that liquid <laughs> is over him. And that's his turn. Now it's Garo. Gotcha. Garo lines up two shots this time because he has yeah, what seems to be a railgun. First attack misses utterly. Second attack ooh, hits it. And he does oh, 10 damage. Good shooting, Garo. Yeah, thanks. And now it's the Korovox's turn. Oh. The Korovox looks straight at the Vest Guard and leaps forward just outside of your reach and claws at him. Ooh. The swarm Korovox reaches in past the Vest Guard's armor and up into his chest cavity and seems to just absolutely disintegrate all of his abdominal organs and he pulls out his claw and there's nothing but a melting heart in it the vest guard collapses dead your turn elgar's just kind of slack jawed uh garrow garrow just yells 
Kill it! Uh, now! Um, and I unload. I got my gun out. I just react. Take a full attack. Alright. Roll 23. 4 damage. And then roll 10 and 6. Well, you get him decently enough. But it's still alive. And now it's Garrow's turn. Garrow lines up one single shot. And he takes his time. And then he fires. The bullet pierces an interesting weak spot that you wouldn't have thought of. Somewhere near the apparent clavicle. It's left clavicle. Hmm. And the monster doesn't bleed, doesn't leak. It just stops. It falls down. And it seems to be dead. And with that, the fight is over. <sighs> Garrow walks up to the remnants of the vest guard. And he seems to do a little prayer. What do you do, Elgar? Oh, I say, Garrow, we... we... We gotta seal off that hangar. Who knows if there's anything else on that ship. Quick, can we alert oh, alert the authorities? We need more help with this. Garrow finishes his prayer and he says, No, no, this was in fact a test. You want to know why? There's only five. There's only five of these what? swarm fiends, these Korvoxes. They were put on that ship and they were sent here probably by head researcher Analysts. And the fact that this... This fellow Vescar died, doesn't even show up on her map. But you know what? If that isn't Vesk, then I don't know what is. Dang. I'm gonna go punch something now. I don't know how I feel about this, girl. Well... My blood pressure is through the roof right now, and I feel like shit. You wanna know what this is, Elgar? This is war. And this is how us Vesk prepare for war. Even if it costs us <sighs> friendly lives. Sometimes I'm jealous that you're a scholar. Sometimes I'm jealous that you don't actually need to see all too much of this, because I, for one, have seen too much of it. Garrow, you're a good Vesk, and I'm thankful for your service. Elgar, you're an even better Vesk. Now let's get this thing out of here. I'm sure there's a cleanup crew on the way. And then you guys head back. Do we just, like, lug this giant crate behind us? Yeah, you've got to carry the, the contents, which is gotcha. so much paper and so much uh, ink. So it's this really awkward gotcha. thing. <laughs> so even though you just had a fairly traumatic experience, you awkwardly walk next to Garrow, and Garrow helps you as much as he can when there's no security cameras. Walk all the way back to the observatory. And you bring it back through into the open gardens that surround the Grand Observatory, all the while knowing that someone died, someone innocent died, you almost died, because someone didn't, someone didn't want you to live, or someone wanted to see what you were made of. And this keeps replaying in your mind. Garrow bids you goodnight after you finish uh, taking the supplies to the observatory. But you know the observatory, you know the Grand Observatory is not a bad place. You just know that war has created bad people. Or rather, good people that make bad decisions. And you end the night on your favorite place, which is at the very top of the Grand Observatory. And what do you do there as the sun sets? Yes, yeah, the sun sets. Elgar finds a big old, kind of like a 
it's like a big old stone bench like hewn from one piece of some sort of mineral it kind of glints in the setting sunlight has a cool little shininess to it but he just sort of like puts his hands in his his head in his hands and kind of slumps over and like rubs his forehead just breathes a deep sigh of relief and kind of whispers to himself he says i just it's got to be more than this this chaos this war this killing it's got to be more he's just sort of exhausted and that's all he can really like vocalize to himself and as elgar you look into the stars after the day you had and you're exhausted so you're barely even thinking you inadvertently tune into a power you didn't know existed you tune into a power of the cosmos you tune in to an inner solarian power within yourself and you don't know exactly what it is yet but it sparks such joy in you that such a thing such a chaotic thing such a thing that requires such entropy that requires so much destruction and so much creation all at once could exist and even then inside you and this was the very first time elgar experienced what it was to feel the smallest little bit like a solarian 